Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. While you're standing, we're going to read one verse of Scripture, Isaiah 1, 18. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Amen. And I want to preach on the subject or teach, preach, treach, one of those things or all those things. Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. And you may be seated. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You know, right and wrong, good and evil, light and darkness are not defined by each person's individual choices. They are not defined by societies and those that govern them. Amen. Morality is not defined by individual choice. They are defined by Almighty God and Him only through His unchanging, forever settled, inspired Word. Thank God. I thank God we can go to His Word anytime, any day. Ten years ago, twenty years ago, a thousand years ago, tomorrow, ten years from now, it'll still be the same. Praise God. Though the world changes, I'm going to stick to the rock. Amen. The Word of God. Praise God. You know, you could go out and just do a survey, do a poll, and ask a bunch of people questions, amen, about what they consider sinful behavior, and you'll get a bunch of different answers. If you would have done that poll 20 years ago, you would have got a bunch of different answers because people's morals are changing, people's, what their idea of right and wrong is changing, amen, and uh, and none of them would agree with each other. The book of Judges tells us, and that's just human nature, amen, without the Word of God and without God in our lives, amen, we have nothing to compare things to. We have nothing, amen, as as a, uh, a, a sounding board and a plumb line, amen, and a square and a level like they use in construction that lets us know what's really right, even though our eyes see something else. Judges chapter 21, 25, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in those days, There was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's the last verse of the book of Judges, and one of the saddest verses in the Bible. When there's no king, when there's no leader, when there's no prophet, people just do what's right in their own eyes. Proverbs 16.25, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Romans 3.23, I mentioned this on Sunday. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so when we think about sin and all that the Bible talks about it, the simplest definition of it, it's not very, um, you know, very deep or, you know, any kind of thing where you have to really contemplate. The simplest definition of sin is found in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Sin is the transgression of the law. The transgression of what law, you may ask? Amen. The law of God. That is the definition of sin. Therefore, the Bible is the final authority. Amen. When it comes 
to what is and is not a sin. Amen. And there's one powerful metaphor. There's one powerful symbolic uh, thing in the Bible in a natural sense uh, that is symbolic of sin. And that is the disease of leprosy. Webster's Dictionary defines leprosy as a chronic infectious disease caused by a mycobacterium affecting especially the skin and peripheral nerves and characterized by the formation of nodules that enlarge and spread accompanied by loss of sensation and eventual paralysis, wasting of muscle and production of deformities. That is leprosy. And we, we read about leprosy in the Bible. Amen. But leprosy is a type of, it is a comparison, amen, to, to what sin is in, in a spiritual sense. And Ephesians kind of tells us, you know, about that, uh, uh, you know, comparison a little bit when we look into it. Chapter 4, verse 17. He said, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Notice this, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. So you see, sin gets us, when sin is un, uh, uh, unrepented of, when sin is allowed to go and, and do its thing in our lives, amen, it leads to getting past feeling. It leads to our conscience becoming as hard as an old piece of leather that we can't feel anymore. Amen. And it leads to these things, praise God, into a, a degraded uh, and, and, a, and a, a terrible situation that only grows worse. And in the Bible, you read the Old Testament law, once the priest, when someone was suspected of having leprosy, once the priest Amen. They had to go to the priest and the priest uh, would check it out and, and wait some days and, and all this stuff. There's a whole deal on it. Uh, but once this person was, uh, you know, pronounced unclean with leprosy, this is what had to happen. Leviticus 13:45. the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out unclean, unclean. And he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. <clears throat> and so leprosy was a serious business in a physical sense and in spiritually in sin, it's a serious business. The leper was considered unclean, amen, uh, and anything he or she touched was considered unclean. And that's why they had to go outside the camp. They had to go outside the town. They had to leave their loved ones and family and friends and live uh, off to themselves, amen. And by the time the New Testament times came around that we read about in the Bible, that, you know, the people, amen, had all kinds of fears and and uh, misunderstandings, misconceptions, and preconceived notions about leprosy. One of those notions was that the very air around a leper was contaminated because of their uncleanness. So even though you did not physically come in contact with a leper, you could somehow, this was a misconception, catch the disease 
if you got too close and breathed the air around them. So as you can imagine, when anybody saw a leper, and of course when the leper was anywhere near, they had to yell, unclean, unclean, and to let everybody know so that they would stand, stand clear. But they, people would cl- cover their nose and mouth and with clothing or whatever, and they would run the other way. Amen. But now, amen, we get to the New Testament. Enter God manifest in the flesh. Enter Jesus Christ, praise God, where people, you know, we, we talked on Sunday, I talked about even the, the Pharisees, scribes, and, and the uh, Sadducees, the religious leaders, they, they berated Jesus and his disciples for eating with sinners, for eating with publicans and tax collectors and hanging around with so-called the ilk of society. Amen. But you see, Jesus came, amen, to seek and to save that which was lost. Remember, he came, amen, to help those people, not to shun them, not to go the other direction, not to say, get out of here, you sinner. Get out of here, you spiritual leper. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That was his mission, doing good. That's what we ought to be doing. Amen. And thank God we are doing it. We're going around doing good, and we're going around helping people that are oppressed, and we're going around showing them a better way. Jesus came, amen, and he did all kinds of healing, spiritual, physical, everything. He opened the eyes of the blind. He unstopped deaf ears. Amen. He cast out demons. He healed various kinds of diseases, palsies and paralysis, crippled limbs and fever. He even raised the dead several times. Praise God. But what was the Son of God going to do if a leper approached him for help? Amen. Because the law of Moses was clear. They had to yell unclean. They had to stay away from people that didn't have leprosy. Amen. Well, we find out. Praise God. Luke chapter 17, verse 12. Then as he, Jesus, entered into a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. You see, there was ten lepers together. I thought they had to be alone. They had to be alone as a leper. But you see, lepers congregated together. And that's why there were leper colonies eventually, because they felt like they could stay together because they would not infect each other. They were already infected. So ten men that were lepers together from afar off. They didn't even get close to Jesus. They got close enough to be in earshot. Amen. And verse 13 said, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And verse 14 said, so when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Amen. So that's the first encounter. Amen. That's one of the encounters that Jesus had with lepers. Praise God. Jesus did not shun them. He did not ignore them. He didn't even walk the other direction. He didn't cover his mouth and, oh, my goodness, there's lepers here. Nope. He wanted to show everybody what, how, how you treat people. Amen. They asked for mercy. He was happy to give it to them. Praise God. He cleansed them and told them to go show themselves to the priests. For see, when a leper thought he was healed of leprosy, He was supposed to go back to the priest and see if he in fact was healed. And if the priest proclaimed him clean, 
he could go back into town. He could go back into his house with his family and his friends and rejoin society. And oh, what a great day that was. Amen. So these ten lepers stood afar off from Jesus. He healed them at a distance. But what would happen if a leper came close to Jesus, especially with all the people that were always around Jesus? Amen. It wasn't long after he started his earthly ministry that all the miracles and all the great teaching that he had, the great throngs of people that came around him and the multitudes and now here it came. Here was a time where a leper not only was afar off, he came close. Mark chapter 1 verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed amen all the people around him amen first of all as soon as they saw that leper come close they probably all like they started distancing themselves the only one that didn't move was jesus amen you know the only thing that moved on jesus was his compassion praise god amen in the eyes of all that witnessed this jesus did the unthinkable he did what was considered unlawful. He actually touched a leper. Amen. There was a collective gasp from all the onlookers. However, it wasn't long. Amen. Before that contempt and disgust from the crowd turned to shock and awe and amazement as they saw the leprosy disappear right in front of their eyes. Amen. And then they couldn't help but give God the glory. Amen. Because God wants to heal lepers. Amen. And he wants to, he wants to forgive the sinners. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 37, Jesus said, Whoever comes to me, I will not drive away. I will accept them. Amen. I will accept them as they are, but they will leave a different way. I love them too much. I'll take them as they are, but I love them too much to leave them that way. I want to make them to be like me. So there's an interesting verse in the Scripture in Mark chapter 14. Verse 3, it said, Now while Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. Notice that. He was at the house of Simon the leper. Who was Simon the leper? We don't know. But I have a good feeling that it was either that guy that was Simon the leper or one of those ten guys that was Simon the leper. But it doesn't matter. Amen. They could have said Simon who was a leper. Amen. But he was known as Simon the leper. But guess who was in the house of a leper or a former leper? It was Jesus. He was in there. He didn't have no problem. He, had, he was sitting down to eat with Simon the leper and his friends. Oh, praise God. And nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood. We all need the blood. You see, there was no cure for leprosy. Amen, except for a divine miracle of healing. Even today, it's leprosy is referred to as the Hansen's disease. Even today, there's still some leprosy in certain parts of the world. Amen. And there are some promising new treatments and drugs that, that help. Amen. Slow it down and, 
and all that stuff, but there's really no cure, and there was definitely no cure for leprosy back then, amen, except for divine miracle of healing, praise God, amen, and likewise, there's only one cure, amen, for spiritual leprosy, amen, which is sin, and that miraculous cure comes only from the blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, oh, praise God. Hebrews, Hebrews 9.22 said, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Amen. Praise God. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And that's why when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, after he preached the first sermon when the church was born in chapter 2, amen, uh, he got to, to the place uh, where he was closing his sermon and all the onlookers, many of them were being pricked in their heart, convicted in their heart, praise God, amen. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? How are we going to right this wrong? How are we going to make get right standing with God? And then Peter said unto them, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, the remission of sins is another way of saying the forgiveness of sins. Amen. You look up the Greek word for remission, amen, and it is used as forgiveness in other parts of the New Testament. It's interchangeable. Remission is forgiveness. Amen. The blood remits. The blood forgives. The blood puts it out. The blood puts it in the sea of forgetfulness of God. The blood he will remember no more when you put it under the blood. The blood he'll put it as far as the east is from the west. Thank God for the blood. We, If we didn't have the blood, we would all be in big trouble. Because nothing but the blood of Jesus will do it for us. Amen. Did you know that there was only one person in the whole Old Testament healed of leprosy? Technically two, but if you, if you count Moses' sister Miriam, when Miriam and Aaron, the brother and sister of Moses, decided to kind of rise up against Moses and said, hey, you're not the only one that God speaks to. Every time anybody said that to Moses, it wasn't good for them. God wasn't happy about that. It happened twice. And so God told him to go to the tabernacle and God said, how is it that you raised up against my servant Moses? And all of a sudden Miriam started turning, her skin turned into leprosy. And Moses went and prayed and said, God, please take that away from my sister because he was the meekest man on earth. He didn't hold any grudges, and God took it away. But see, that wasn't a naturally, naturally occurring leprosy. But the only person that was healed in the Old Testament of natural occurring leprosy was not even an Israelite. It was a Syrian man named Naaman who was the captain of the armies of Syria. Amen. And he, he was told that there was a prophet in Israel that would tell him what to do because he tried everything else and nothing else worked. Amen. And that prophet said, I want you to go 
Dip your body seven times in the Jordan River and you'll come up clean. And first he thought it was a joke and he didn't want to do it. And his servants finally convinced him if he would have asked you to do some great feat, wouldn't you have done it? Don't you want to be healed? And he said, I guess you're right. And he went and humbled himself because, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. So just obey God. It doesn't make sense. Just do it. Praise God. And he dipped seven times in the Jordan River and he came up that seven times and the Bible said, said his skin was like the skin of a baby it was clean it was perfect amen praise God and that kind of tells me that uh, you know something about water you get down in the water and you come up clean praise God he came up clean in spiritual, in, in, in natural leprosy, but we go down in the water. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness, the washing away of your sins. Amen. And when Paul, when he was recounting his testimony of being baptized, he said in Acts twenty two sixteen, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. Praise God. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you something. Repentance alone is not going to do it. You have to repent first. Amen. Because repentance is like is symbolic of dying out to our old self. And baptism is like a burial. And we can't go straight to baptism because you don't baptize live people. you got to die to your old self and your old sinful ways. And you get in a baptism tank. Amen. And you get water baptized in Jesus' name. And your sins are forgiven and remitted and washed away and blotted out. And you come out of there, praise God, with a clean conscience, a clean heart, a clean mind. Amen. Our sins are washed away in water baptism because the blood of Jesus comes when the name of Jesus is called over a person being baptized. Amen. That's why no other name under heaven among men will work but Jesus. That's why, amen, at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess, amen, that, that God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. The greatest name in the Bible is Jesus. Amen. The only name to be saved is Jesus. The only name to be baptized in is Jesus. Praise God. First John 5, 8, and there are three that bear witness in earth the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. I like that. Amen. One time I, when I was young in the Lord, I was fixing video games for a living, and I went to this one skate rink all the time, and one particular guy I was talking to and talking about the Lord, and, and uh, you know, we got a little discussion and a little debate, I guess, and and then I finally just said, you know what? Can you tell me where the blood is applied? The blood of Jesus is applied in our lives. And he, he scratched his head and he looked at me with a funny look. He goes, you know what? 
He said, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that question. I go, if you could tell me where the blood's applied, I can tell you why Jesus named baptism so important. Praise God. Amen. In the Old Testament, amen, after they killed the sacrifice and the brazen altar, they would go to the laver. Amen. The laver was like a huge birdbath looking thing with water in it. And they would wash their bloody hands and face and everything in that laver. And there was blood, amen, of the sacrifice and of lambs mixed in the water interesting praise God amen and then when you get to the New Testament you see Jesus on the cross and he has already given up the ghost he's already said it is finished he's already bowed his head amen and then when Pilate uh, was uh, approached by jo- uh, by uh, you know the the guy that wanted to give j- the tomb uh, to Jesus amen Joseph of Arimathea he said oh is he already dead and he, and he had to ask, and they said, yeah, he is. And so before they took him off the cross, a soldier took a spear and put it in his side. And you know what out came out of his side? Out came blood and water. Oh, that's a coincidence. Praise God. Amen. And then we see, amen, that there's no remission without the shedding of blood. And we see that remission happens in water baptism. And we see there's three that bear witness on earth. The spirit and the water and the blood. There's your born again of water and spirit. There's your new birth, praise God. The blood and the water and the spirit, they agree in one. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. The blood of Jesus is applied in the watery grave of baptism when a person is baptized in Jesus' name. So there was a, a statement that we read in the beginning. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. God wants to reason with people. God wants them to be saved. Amen. Though your sins be as scarlet, though you think you're too far gone, though they shall be as white as snow, and though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool if you'll just come to me. Amen. Praise God. And that's why that good old song we sing, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. And you know what? Praise God as we live for God in this world, as we walk in this world and the way it's going, praise God, we need the blood and we need the name. I plead the blood over everybody in this church and everybody that's a part of this church. I call the name of Jesus over us, praise God, for God's protection. I pray that his angels will protect us and guide us Amen. And camp around about and deliver us. Praise God. Amen. Because I know, amen, that God can do it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So we can overcome anything that tries to come against us and our family and our kids. Amen. Plead the blood and call the name over your kids in school. Amen. Wherever they go, praise God. Nothing but the blood. Amen. The blood forgives us. And the blood cleanses us. Amen. And I thank God for the blood. 
What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.